ministry of Nelson Ihiago. Be stirred as you listen. So we're going to run with the speed of light this afternoon. Um, I had a couple of thoughts I had penned down. God. I had a couple of thoughts I had penned down before going into the teaching of today. And um, I'm going to start like this. So we're looking at the local church, and then there are a couple of things I'm going to touch on before we get into the topic for today. And I'm going to start on this note. I heard a man of God say something very profound. He said, the local church is the SI unit of the body of Christ. He said, the local church is the SI unit of the body of Christ. What he meant by that is basically, um, if you want to measure the strength of the local church in a particular area, Right? Or for an example, to give credence to what he's saying or to paint more light to what he's saying. If you want to, if you want to, um, what's the word now? If you want to measure the strength of the local, of the body of Christ in an area, you measure the strength of the local church in that area. Are you with me? Please, you need to respond. Are you with me? And that's why people will say things like, you can't love Jesus and hate the church. Because the Bible lets us understand that the church is his body. Please, are you in the house? The church is his body. So, you know, I, I think I was reading Matthew 22 the other day. He said, um, they came to Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was talking about the sheep and the goats. And he said, depart from me. Because when I was hungry, you did not feed me. Right? When I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was thirsty, right, you did not give me water. When I was naked, you did not clothe me. And they said, when were you naked and we didn't feed you? He said, whatever you, you do to the least of the brethren, you do to me. Are you here? Paul was speaking, you know, and he said, um, why? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, when did I persecute you, Lord? And Saul will say, Lord, because he knows that the one whose glory knocked him off his horse has to be someone that was greater than he is. So he said, when did I persecute you? He said, in persecuting the least, any of these brethren, you have been killing the body. Therefore, Jesus is saying you have been persecuting me. Please, are you in the house? So whatever is done to the church, or to any member in the church is done to him. Remember I said that for the first eight Sundays, we are going to be looking at the same things, the same topic, the church. So this is the third part. That's why I'm um, stemming from what we did last week. Right? These are just a few thoughts I, I made, and I want to run with the speed of light so that we can cover everything we need to. So you can't love, say you love Jesus and hate the church. You can't say you love Jesus and hate the gathering of the saints. It's impossible. One has to give. And there is no plan of God on, on the earth in ministry that should be absent of the local church. Amen. The Bible lets us understand he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors for the equipping of the saints. Now, the saints are going to be equipped so that they will do the work of what? ministry. Listen to me. And this is so important because a lot of people don't know what it means to be part of a local church. It seems like the thoughts I wanted to give are now anyways. But a lot of people don't know what it means to be part of it. The goal of a local church is so that the people in the local church will be trained for ministry. So, what the ministry gift is by grace He's supposed to train the least in the congregation to be at the very least by skill. You get what I just said? What the ministry gift 
has become by grace. He's supposed to train the least in the congregation to be at the very, at the very least by skill. So, for example, the man of God is a profound teacher of God's word. What he's supposed to do, he's not, the goal is not that he's a superman. That every other person doesn't understand the Bible except they ask him. The goal is that he teaches them a walking of God that is at work. He teaches them such that the walking of God that is in his life by grace, they themselves can, read, can duplicate that walking at the very least by skill. That the man prophesies and flows in the gifts of the spirit. And that's what I was saying, the charismatic ministry. It, you know, marks of a good church. If only if the workings of the spirit and the workings of God, whether charismatic or uncharismatic, what I mean by that is whether it is the moves of the spirit or any other working of the spirit. If it is done only from the pulpit, it's not sufficient. That's not New Testament church. The Holy Ghost made greatness common. That what is at work in the pulpit is also at work in the pews. Please, are you with me? So, a lot of people, and that's exactly why Paul was saying, Hebrews 10, he says, submit, them to, submit yourself to those who have watch over your souls you know, so that they may do it with joy. Because the goal for that is that those on the pulpit are supposed to... Let me say that another way. You know, for a lot of us, we, we probably grew up, for most of us probably grew up attending church. And we don't understand. So it has become rote. It has become routine. So on Sunday, you find the nearest church to attend and you leave. And that's why people can attend a church that they are not blessed and not care. Are you here? They can attend a church that they are not growing and not care. Because as far as I went to one church close to me, I, I, I've marked my attendance for the week in God's presence so I can go on with my day. It's not enough. It's not enough. The goal is that the person in the congregation be trained so that wherever they stand, they can duplicate and effectually do the work of the ministry. If you hear me say, I hear so no plan of God on the earth is absent with the, from the local church. You know, I, I did itinerant ministry alone for a long time. I still do itinerant ministry, right? I did itinerant ministry alone for a long time, and I realized that you can't, people can't grow on an itinerant ministry alone. They have to belong to a local church. Not just I realized, it is God's word. They have to belong to a local church. Because in being in that local church, that's the place they are, they serve, they grow. You know, you can't say I'm a member of the body cannot be, cannot locate you to the SI unit. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're a member of the body but don't have a church. It's abnormal. It's abnormal. And that's why, you see, when people speak, one easy way is when you find people who say I'm a prophet. How are you a prophet? Who, who, men, who is your spiritual father? Who mentored you? What church did you attend? He said, the Lord raised me alone. <laughs> That's what Mohammed said. He went to the, to the hills and an angel appeared to him and gave him the Quran. You are giving Mohammed vibes. Huh? In Jesus' name. That's how you are giving it. So, when it comes to the local church, a lot of people, because we grew up in church, it's just routine. It's rote. I've marked register for today. I've attended church and I can go home. And we miss the point. Amen. Say no plan. Say it like you ate this morning. No plan. Say it like you are alive. No plan of God on the earth in ministry is absent of the local church. So, now I'm looking at it. These are a lot of thoughts. Let me go on. If this is all we do today, we will not do local church part two. And this is one thing I also wanted. The best of you should be seen in church. Please, are we here? The best of you should be seen in church. Matthew 22, 37. Although I didn't give you that verse. Matthew 22, 37. 
Oh, beautiful. Prepare. Prepare Mark 12.30. Let's read this like a mass choir. It's on the board, on the screen. Let's read it like a mass choir. One, two, go. Uh-huh. Let's read it again. One, two, go. Uh-huh. And with all thy mind. Let's look at Mark, um, the way Mark, Mark's account captured this. Look at what he said. He said, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Of course, the mind there means that you should love the Lord intelligently. That's why we study. Amen. Because especially as charismatic Pentecostals, we believe that once you start questioning moves of the Spirit from scriptures, they say you are not flowing with God. You should love him with all your mind. Right? And with all thy what? Strength. With all thy strength. You see, when it comes to the gathering of the saints, we can't say um, it's how I am. I don't really shout. It's my temperament. It's not true. Your temperament should be forgotten when it comes to the gathering of the saints and the things that pertain to God. Are you in this house? Your temperament should be forgotten when it comes to the things of God and the things that pertain to his cause. The Bible says in Colossians 3, it says, set your affection on things above. So it means that this might be your natural temperament, but when it comes to the things of God, you set it. You are the one that will regulate it. You know, someone wrote a book that really blessed me. It's called Spirit Control Temperament. You may be choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic. These are true temperaments, but when it comes to the things of the spirit, you are spirit-controlled. Are you here? When it's time to pray, you cannot be more spiritual than God, than Jesus. The Bible says Jesus prayed with a loud voice. So when it comes to prayer, you say, because of who I am, I don't really shout. Jesus prayed with a loud voice. He prayed with a loud voice. A lot of people miss moves of God because they are self-conscious. Let me explain. You can be in a service and a move of God is about to break out. Please stay with me. Stay with me. And then, because of that, you are now thinking, um, um, so, you know, for example, the spirit of God at work in you is stirring you to pray better. Stirring you to worship more. But then you are just saying, what would they think about you? First of all, nobody thinks anything about you. We don't know you like that. Right? You are not that important. Right? We love you. I'm joking. Maybe. But the thing is, when it comes to Jesus and his cause, do you know what David said? David said, you know what? Turn your Bible there. Second Samuel, Second Samuel 6, 15 to 16. This is one of the biggest shades in the Bible. Second Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6, 15 to 16. Are you here? Talk to me. Are you here? One of the biggest shades in the Bible. He said, so David and all the house of Israel, load the next verses. David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with what? And with what? The presence of God in the Old Testament was coming into the camp. And it didn't come with quietness. It came with excitement. Remember now, under the new covenant, you house God. Uh -huh. I remember I did a teaching when I was in school. I said, Christians are noisy people. Because we have something to shout about. Are you with me? Give me 16. He said, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw somebody. She saw who? No, no, no. She saw who? She saw who? She saw royalty. King David. Leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Next verse. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. In fact, when you look at that, the Bible says David first danced, David rejoiced, and then David gave offerings. A lot of people think when it comes to God that, you know, coming to church, 
being among the saints is enough. He's not. Please, are you with me? He's not. Because David danced, then gave offerings, then gave peace offerings, then rejoiced before the Lord. It means that it's not just, you don't have to pick this or that when you can do all. What do I mean? When you can pray fervently, pray fervently. When you can give, give. When you can dance, dance. When you can rejoice, rejoice. There's a teaching I'll still do called Why We Gather. It's a very important teaching. But the Bible says in Hebrews, it said, provoke one another. He said, don't um, despise the gathering of saints as some do, but provoke one another unto good works. It means that when we gather, there's a provoking that can happen. So there's a way Adeshola will pray that favor may not feel like praying, but when she sees him praying, she will pray. So also, apathy and lethargy is contagious. Please, are you here? Leave Anita, focus on the word. She's, she's been blessed. Leave her alone. He said, and they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offering and peace offering before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offerings, burnt offerings, peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Next verse. He said, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Uh -huh. No, no, you've gone back, boss. 19. Uh -huh. And he dealt among all the people. If, give me the next verse. I'm going somewhere. Look at this, verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today? She was mocking him. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servant as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself? He said, Ah, O oh king, see the way you opened yourself. As, as anybody, as Adeshola, you just opened yourself. Look at what you've done. Give me the next verse, 21. As one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Michael, hear this shade. It was before the Lord which chose me before your father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of, of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. Give me the next verse. Look at this. This one is important. He said, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be based in my own sight, and of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them, of them shall I be had in honor. What David is basically saying is this. In fact, let's read it in another translation. Can you give me an easier translation? NLT, ESV, 21, from 21. Look at this. He said, David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Uh -huh. He said, yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Listen, oh God, David the reason why David will worship like this is because David knows huh? that God rejected Saul and chose him. The one who rejected Saul can also reject David. He knows. So in that, David knows from experience that we respond to this God. That if he rejects me, nobody can question him. Are you in the house? He said, I will look even more foolish than this. A lot of people are very self-conscious when we gather. So like, let me not really pray a lot. Let me not really show what will they think of me. Who cares? You know, when Nancy came to our first meeting, fortunately or unfortunately, depends on how you look at it, it was prayer rain. So we're praying for hours. I'm speaking like a Ghanaian. We're praying for hours. And then she came, you know, I was talking to Nancy. I think it was this week, right? Talking to Nancy, and Nancy was like, ah, she didn't want her own to be too much, or let it not be like, because she's used to praying fervently, right? So she didn't want it to be like her own is too much. But when you came, you find out that well, nobody sent you. Everybody, you pick your corner, zo, zo, ze, ze. 
And she now said, ah, hey, homie, these are my people. And you pray too. And the great thing about this ministry is if you are praying long, we will not stop you because you are tired. Go home. We keep praying. <laughs> Workers get ready. And that prayer meeting is coming. Hallelujah. Favor, hallelujah. <laughs> he said, I will even be more humiliated in my eyes. When it comes to the gathering of the saints, I don't care. You didn't save me. You didn't die for me. You are not the one I will give account to at the end of my life. Because of him, I will yet be more undignified. I will yet be more undignified. I will yet be more vile. Those are the words. Because of this, I will praise the Lord with all my strength. When we are singing, I will sing loud. When we are worshiping, I will worship loud. When we are praying, I will pray loud. I may have a naturally quiet demeanor, but when it comes to the things of God, I set my affection. I set my affection. I set my affection. I may, be, I may have come to church and may have had a bad week. The more reason you should come to church. So your affection can be set differently. Are you with me? Somebody, um, he, he gave a song earlier. He said, ah, there's someone to shout about. Oh, ah, Jesus is someone to shout about. Oh, he's someone to shout about. There are verses of scriptures that should be read and you should not be quiet. When we are talking about the fact that he gave you a right, he gave you power to be called the sons of God, you don't say, mm. you say, that's a good word. If it's good, you will respond. And don't say if it's in, it's in the heart. If it's in the heart, it will touch you. Are you here? Well, I said this will be my teaching for today and what I plan will now be local church part two. That teaching I titled Church Culture. Amen. We love him because he first loved us. So our love for the Lord is a response to his love for us. Are you here? Our love for the Lord is in response to his love for us. Are you with me? Now, if anything, love unexpressed is either a lie or at best is questionable. Love unexpressed is either a lie or at best questionable. How many of you have a friend who has been single for the longest time? Then the person got favor. The person has been single for the longest time and as soon as the person entered a relationship, you knew. Something changed about the person. He said, this is your smile. There's a way you are smiling. Sorry, it's not additional. It's single. There's a way you are smiling. What was going on? Tell me. And the person just comes. Guess what? What's wrong with you? So there's a demeanor that we know that you are seeing somebody. Are you here? No, Anita is single. Daniel can only be single. There's a demeanor you have. We will know you are seeing someone. And that's what the Bible says. Though him whom we have not seen, whom we love, then we shout with joy unspeakable, full of glory. That's why we shout glory, right? Because we've not seen him, but we love him. And as a response to that, we rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. That rejoicing is a response to the one we have loved. Are you with me? That rejoicing is a response to the one whom we have loved. So, if you love the Lord, it will show in worship. If you love the Lord, it will show in your demeanor. If you love the Lord, it will show in your... You, we can't be saying... You know, it's because of all those things that the pastor will now begin to threaten somebody. Your amen is not the first hundred people to shout amen. Receive We don't need it. The louder your amen, the louder the blessing. <laughs> we don't need all those things. Now, I'm not saying decrees are not important. I'm saying 
all those whining, we don't need it. We don't need it. Amen. I remember, I remember that guy on TikTok that said, please comment, I love you, Jesus. Please, did you, did you see that video? He said, please. Oh, my goodness. From week one, I explained, in Christ, we are family. We are family. Have you gone to a place where maybe, how many of us did NYSE? Raise your hand. If you were saved during NYC, maybe you were praying. This shall I can never be. Maybe, maybe you were praying. And then you saw another person praying. You're like, ah, ah, hey, me. This guy is my guy now. Ah. Anyways, from week one, I've been explaining how in Christ we are one family. In family, there's no forming. There's no forming. There is no. Okay, there's time I can, I can rush through my notes. There is no forming. Um, there is no, there is no, how do I explain this now? There is no self-consciousness. For many reasons. One, or let me say two because the first one ranks above this. The second one, we are family. You are amongst family. But the first one, and the first reason is that the one who dies for me uh, now commands the way I live. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, I think 19, it says and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but live for him who died and rose again. That is the context in which he said that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New creature, of course, it, it has um, salvific implications. But in that context... The implication of if any man be in Christ is a new creature. The implication of that, huh? The implication of that um, being a new creature is that you don't live for yourself anymore. You live for him. So all things about you have become new. Are you with me? So, that's why, you know, as Doc has climbed the keyboard now, his song has entered my spirit. Are you with me now? So, like, um, a man of God sang, The one I love is Ever before me, he seals upon my heart. I live for the one I love. The one I love is ever before me. He seals upon my heart. I live for the one I love. The one I love is ever before me. He seals upon my heart. I live for the one I love. Sing. The one I love. Practice what we just heard. Is ever before me. He seals upon my heart. I live for the one I love. So we, it is true. The one I love is always in front of me. I don't live for myself anymore. So, my desires, my affection have been redirected in his direction. Are you here? And a lot of people, you know, in the place of prayer, you are feeling a notch to kneel. You kneel. You are feeling a notch to stand. You stand. You are feeling a notch to jump. You, you are feeling a notch to shout. You shout. In doing those things, you are opening your spirit to the operations of God. Because any operation of God you stifle, the less you respond, the less you see it. The less you respond to the notch to pray, the less you have a notch to pray. The, less, the less you respond to a notch to study, the less you have a notch to study. But the more you respond to it, the more it grows. So also, when the Lord nudges you to shout, and you shout, you are opening your spirit more to operations of the spirit. So, because of things like that, we can look and say, it's your breath in my lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. Pour Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
The one who died for me now commands the way I live. The one who died for me commands the way I live. So it will show your affection. Some people must know you are seeing somebody. Are, are you with me? People must know that you are seeing somebody. People must know that you are in love with somebody. People must know that there is, there is a, this person is unavailable. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They must know. They must know. They must know. They must know. Amen. 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 Because, and I'll end my thoughts with this, then I'll enter my notes. We'll finish by two. Like, I'll finish preaching by two. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever, Lord. I love you, Lord, forever. I love you. Hey, I love you. Lord, I love you forever. I love you. Hey, hey, hey. Can we give glory to God? And we Yes, Lord. So we For you are our 
I'm going, to, I'm going to go to this one next week. So Daniel, we have increased our, our sermons in this series to nine. So next week, we'll look at local church part two. So local church, I, I, please have your seats. Remember I said this. I said the best of you should be seen in church. And the, the, this thing is this, in response and in service. Are you with me? The best of you should be seen in church in response and in service. Because the local church is where ministry gifts are trained. The local church, someone said something, he said ministry gifts are not mass produced. They are painstakingly trained. There are people who have been discipling for eight years that when they join TEC, I'm not going to ordain them because they still need training. Are you here? Or horribly ordain them. Because they still need some training. Ministry is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So a lot of people don't know. You see, when a lot of people are quick to think of ministry, they think of the platform. And they don't know that one serving in the local church is ministry. Are you here? The Bible says the body flourishes by that which what? Every joint supplies. Flourishes by that which what? Every joint supplies. So if everybody plays their part, the SI unit will be healthy. Are you here? If everybody plays, plays their part, the what? SI unit will be healthy. The SI unit will be healthy. Ah, Makaya Bagaha. Oh, Holy Ghost. Light within my soul. Oh, Holy Ghost, fire in my bones. Oh, Holy Ghost, you are the power in my life. Holy Ghost, you and I will change the world. Oh, Holy Ghost. Light within my soul, Holy Ghost, the fire in my bones, Holy Ghost, the power in my life, Holy Ghost, you and I will change the world, Holy Ghost. I was born to change the world. A lot of people are queen when they are, when they think of ministry. A lot of people are doc, drop it a little, please. When a lot of people think of ministry, they are quick to think of the platform. They don't know that in serving in the local church, ministry is being done as well. Ministry is being done as well. So, in the local church, people are trained. To do Daniako Savala Baradiako. And that's why in the local church, the primary thing that is being done is the teaching of God's word. 
Because in God's word being taught, in God's word being properly exegeted, people are called into their destiny in God. Are you with me? They are called into their destiny in God. They, as the word of God is being properly exegeted, they know what to present because, you see, it through scriptures, what was being, what the apostles fought most against was false doctrine. Are you here? What the apostles thought more, fought most against was false doctrine. So, if they fought against false doctrine the most, it means that what, or that's number one. Number two, a large chunk of what Jesus and the apostles did was teach. So, if a large chunk of what Jesus and the apostles did was teach, a large chunk of what we must do must be to study. And a large chunk of what must be done in church must be to teach. Our songs are supposed to be lyrical theology. We are supposed to be able to print out the lyrics of our songs, read it out, and understand scriptures better. Are you with me? The Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It means that those words are supposed to be able to communicate doctrinal truth. Songs that are not in line with God's word must be jettisoned. Are you here? But all these things are done on the bedrock of the local church. Of the local church. People must be properly, painstakingly trained and taught. And taught. I read my last thought. I start off my note. Wherever I end, I end it. Continue next week in part two. Um, the best of you should be seen in church in response, that's responding to God's word, responding in prayer, responding in those things, and also in what? Service. I wrote something here, which is very profound. If it will not fly for work, let it not fly for church. Are you with me? If it will not fly for work, let it not fly for church. Now, we have people who are medical personnel in church who, because of their rota thing on Sunday and whatnot. But if you can, Sunday is one day. Give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, on Sunday, Sunday is the day where I fellowship with the saints and I will be available to fellowship. I've met a couple of people where I had conversations with them. Oh, come to Birmingham Church. And you are staying in Wolverhampton, Leicester, Debbie. He said, if the distance is quite a lot, if it was work, you will come. Are you, are you here? You know, I, I can't remember. Kofo was on that call. I was talking to this one of my disciples. And I said, church. He said, ah, it's quite a distance. Headford share. So that I said, Kofo comes from Kent, sir. He said, ah, wow. If you, if where, when there are excuses, you will find you will, you will have enough of it. You will have enough reasons not to be around. And <laughs> in the local church, Paul said, "How is it that when you gather, you gather for the worse and not for better?" This was talking of when they gather to eat, you know, and do communion and everything. That some people ate more, some people ate so much that some other people were hungry, right? He said that how is it that you gather for worse and not for better? Paul was basically trying to say that he's expecting that when you gather, you are better. You gather for the better, not for the worse. Are you with me? You gather for the better. And there's a reason why I'm leaving my notes and teaching this because as a pastor, supernaturally, you know what people need from God's word. And that's why I'm teaching this now. I believe relocation is, an, is enough reason to relocate for a good local church. I believe so. It may not be easy because of all the... But I believe is enough reason. Why? Because the word of God that we are handling has matters of... These are matters of eternity. Are you with me? These are, these are things that actually matter. Somebody said, at the end of the day, when we see Jesus, Material things will not matter. In the material realm, material things count for little. Because for the many things that we are shouting for and the many things that distract our lives against serving God. Please, are you with me? For the many things that distract us against serving God. Huh? Those things, when we stand before Jesus, he will not ask you, how high did you fly in your career? 
as important as your career is. He won't ask you how high did you fly in your career. He won't ask you, um, 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 were you the first woman to, to be the first both neurosurgeon and botanist? Were you, were you the first? You have failed my plan for your life. He won't ask you those things. Because his plan is to have men saved. That is his heartbeat. What did you contribute to the cause of the king on the earth? And that's why when we come to the pulpit, please listen to me. When we come to the pulpit, the best, you know what, we'll change this, the name of this sermon. You know this sermon, we'll call it Clarion Call. Amen? Amen. The name, when we, what was I saying? We, what, we, we can't, what, we, what, what we are doing from the pulpit cannot be human things. We can't be preaching four Ps to progress. People must know who God is. Ken Hagin said something profound that I will never forget. He said if the church did what they were supposed to do, there would be no need for Bible schools. There were none in the Bible. All they did was teach. And then as they consistently taught, ministry gifts were raised. As they consistently taught and gathered, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. In Acts 6, the deacons were brought and they laid hands on them. In Acts 7, Acts 8, those guys, they were scattered because of persecution. And we see another deacon casting out devils. That was to show common strength that was available in the early church. Please, are you with me? So we can't stand and not be teaching how to be a better you. There is no good in your flesh. You need the word of God to be properly exegeted. You need to come to light of who God has called you to be. And that's exactly what must be done from the pulpit. Please, are you here? And that's why, like I was talking, the local church is for training. But many people don't know how to be a part of a local church. But what is it? You can't come and as soon as we are done, you're out. Anyways, I'll, I'll teach on that next week. How the local church is a family and whatnot. Amen? But what we must teach is what the word of God says. And the word of God must be not just be taught. The word of God must be properly exegeted. The word of God, we must teach. Let me start from saying this premise. The word of God can never mean what it never meant. So when we are teaching... We must teach what the author intended. Paul should not be in our service and you say, Paul said, and you say, eh, I did. Or the way you explain it, you say, I didn't mean that. You say, hey, hey, hey. You say, I didn't mean that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 16. No, let's call this local church part one. Let's not call it Clarion Call. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, 13. Baby boy, I'm waiting. Mm -hmm. Look at this. He said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Next verse. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Uh -huh. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? It is important to Jesus, your, your conviction of who he is. Please, are you with me? Your conviction of who Jesus is, is important for him. Next verse. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Next verse. He said, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Uh -huh. and, and I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall, the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, right? Let me say something. Are we aware that this verse 
And thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail over it. This verse is not present continuous. It's not present continuous. It has been fulfilled. When Jesus was saying it, it was yet to be done. Because he had not died and risen again. Are you with me? So he said, the word hell, there, there are many words that they use to translate hell. But when you look at the word that is used, you then get to understand the context. So when he said, go back, I didn't, I didn't say move. He said, the gates of hell, the word hell there is Hades, the gates of the grave. The gates of the grave shall not prevail against it. At what point did the gates of the gate of the grave not prevail? When he rose from the dead. Are you here? So when Jesus rose from the dead, the church was born. Hence, we could not be a part of his body. So the church was born. So the church is not a church that, this is not a prayer point, the gates of hell will not prevail. Uh -uh. The church is a church that prevails. The gates of hell does not prevail against the church. We are a prevailing church, amen? So, Jesus said, upon that revelation, that's where I will build my church, that the gates of hell will not prevail. It's upon that revelation I will say it, that the gates of the grave will not prevail. The conviction of who Jesus is matters. And here's why it matters. Because the church is founded upon the revelation of who Christ is, what he has done, and also because of those things, who he is, what he has done, we have responsibilities in him. Are you with me? The church is founded upon the um, backdrop of who he is and what he has done. And as a result of who he is and what he has done, we have responsibilities in him. That's why new creation realities always birth new creation responsibilities. Or responsibilities for the new creation. Amen? Amen? The reason why everything I said earlier applies to you is because the fact that Jesus died for you, he puts an onus upon you. If you can work as hard as you do for you know, your daily bread to meet your needs, which is legit. The Bible says he that does not work should not eat. Work is encouraged in God's word. Okay? If you can work as hard as you do, make excuses, defy the distance, even the days you don't feel like going, go to work. How much more for the one who died for your soul and loves you? Do you get what I'm saying? So that's the implication of revelation, revelation and its implication. Hallelujah. So when Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? It matters to Jesus, your opinion and your conviction of who he is. Romans 8.15. Romans 8.15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Father, Father. We cry, Abba, Father. God wants us to know the type of spirit he has given to us and who he is. This God is my daddy. Amen? This God is my daddy. On the premise of this alone, knowing that God is father, God can't be dazed. A dazed God is a God who just exists and is not, in, he's not actively involved in your everyday. That's who a dazed God. But if you call him father, it means that he's interested and he's actively involved in my day to day. Are you here? So, he can't be dazed. I can expect of him because he's my father. If you are, your earthly father being wicked can do some things, how much more my heavenly father? And ultimately, one thing to also realize on this is this. I'll just say two truths and then I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Two truths and I'm out of here. One more verse and then that will be my end. My end um, I'll wrap up the sermon and we'll continue next week. He said... What I wrote here is some theological, some theological truths or some, some kinds of theology we hold on to will fall to the ground when we, when we understand that God is my father. Please, are you with me? Some kinds of theology will fall to the ground when we understand that God is my what? Father. Think about it. The one who is my father. For him to do what I need. I need to provoke him with an offering. Doesn't make sense. 
Are you my father or not? The one who is my father, I need to, if I don't give to him consistently, the things that are working in my life will fail because I've stopped giving. If your earthly father being wicked cannot do that, how much more? Do you understand what I'm saying, please? How much more? Does the Lord love a cheerful giver? Yes. Does God honor even as we give? Yes. Please, are you with me? Yes. But do we then give so we can wind God up, the one who is your earthly loving father? No. Understanding that God is your father will make many things fall through the cracks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ephesians 3, 14, and I wrap up here. Say God. Ah, say God. Here, say God is my father. Ephesians 3, 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus. Go to, give me verse 13 first. Let me see. Okay, give me, go to verse 14. Now this is, Paul had already said many things. He had prayed that the eyes of the understanding enlightened and this prayer point was as a result of the revelation. So, revelation had put a weight on him in prayer. Please, are you guys here? Revelation had put... And that's why the teaching of God's word is important. Because God's word will change your life. It will change how you pray. It will change how you do... If you understand that God is your father, there's a way you will also pray. Some of the most powerful prayers I've prayed are like, Father, this, 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 help me. Doesn't mean I don't spend long hours praying in tongues. Or, no, 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 no. It just means that because he is my father, sometimes you can start prayer with a sigh. Why? He is father. Are you here? He is father. Let me tell you, God, I beg, can be a powerful prayer. God, I beg, help. It can be a powerful prayer because he is father. Amen. So Paul says, for this cause I bow my knees. Seeing all, seeing all the light he has seen, I bow my knees. Just the same way I'm explaining the way we respond to the things of God because of what he has done. Paul is also saying, for this cause I bow my knees. Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next verse. Of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is what? Named. It's one thing to know that God is your father. It's another thing to also understand that he's not only your father, he has many children. And I'm not just, I'm not an only child. I belong to a family. Are you with me? I'm not an only child. I belong to a family. I can't but love the members of the family in which I belong to. The Bible is saying in Hebrews chapter 12, 21 to 22, it says we are come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. I'll start from this next time. 22, give me 22 quickly. I'll start from this the next time. He said you are come unto Mount Zion, city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels. Uh -huh. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. The general has said, we are not come alone to God. We are come to a mountain that has all of God's family. God has family in heaven and earth. He is the father. He has all kinds of children. And we love because he first loved us. If we love him, we must love his children too. Are you here? If we love him, we love his children too. So the person beside you, there is a bond that ties both of you together. Please pay attention. There is a bond that ties both of you together that is the strongest bond known to mankind. It's the blood of Jesus. The common sacrifice that was shed on the cross. No other bond holds dear like that one. Are you with me? No other bond holds dear like that one. If we love him, because we love him, we love the members. The love that flows from him, we let it flow to others. 
that belong. And, and that's why the Bible says, be good to all men, but there is an especially members of the household of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love must be common in the local assembly. It's a truth, it's a fact, it's a thing. Because I'm not an only child. I belong to a father who has many children and also wants me to bring many other children to him. Or wants to have many other children through me. Amen. 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 I end on this note. We continue next week. Please rise to me. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Michalwan Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at t.me forward slash Nelson Michalwan. And for contact details, follow on Instagram at Nelson Michalwan. God bless you.